Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I am your host today, Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom at Emmanuel. Glad to have you listening in today. We're looking at our devotion from Job 19.26. Job writes, After my skin is destroyed, this I know, in my flesh I shall see God. Very profound statement that Job says. It's a statement made out of faith. Job says in this section, as he's lamenting his life and the loss that he's experienced with all of his children and all that had happened, his own health had totally been removed from him except from even the taking his life. We read in Job chapters 1 and 2 of all that Satan was allowed to afflict with Job. Job held on to his faith, didn't waver. He did question God's wisdom in allowing these things to happen. But at the same point in time, his hope was in his Redeemer. In Job 19, this very powerful, very well-known section, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Even before the Messiah came into the world, even before Jesus took on our flesh, as we read about in Luke 2, we're about to celebrate in this coming Christmas next month, we can look back and say, Job knew by faith the promises of God's word that there would be a Savior that would take away the sin of the world and to die and raise to eternal life. Job had the confidence in his own resurrection. He says, this I know that in my flesh, even after my skin is destroyed, in my flesh I shall see God. He goes on to say, my own eyes shall behold and not another. A lot of times people picture heaven as a, a place that is just full of ghosts and spirits and we're kind of hovering around the clouds. If you do a thorough study of heaven in the Bible, that is in the Bible, that's not the case at all. In fact, we're told very clearly that heaven is a physical place that believers will be able to spend their eternal life with in their bodies. This section from Job is a good reminder, the inspired word of God speaking to us about the truth of God's saving word. And so, as we wind down the end of the church here, here, it's good to reflect on, like we did last time, how the Lord is coming quickly and how we want to be prepared and be ready. And then ultimately, as Job says here, we are knowing what to be ready for. A physical body united with our soul once again when Jesus returns. And then ultimately, that joy in knowing that in my flesh we'll get to meet God, we'll get to meet Jesus face to face, we'll get to embrace him. And thank him for bringing us home to our heavenly goal. How my heart yearns within me, Job says. Right now, I've been going through in our catechism classes, in our 7th and 8th grade religion classes, a study of heaven. And it's really encouraging for me to see how joyful they are and excited and how many questions they have about this great and glorious promise of eternal life with our Lord Jesus. It's really something we all should study and look forward to, to know more about our destination, that even if our skin is destroyed, the Lord will restore it in perfection and bring us to the heavenly reunion with all believers once again for all eternity. What a day to look forward to. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Weekly update reminders continue for our online Bible class this evening, November 10th. We are continuing at 7 o'clock as we go through the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. 
What an exciting gospel, using the word immediately so many times and showing the power of God's word through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope you can join us tonight at 7 p.m. Weekend Sunday School and Bible Class continues this weekend. We are studying why membership matters. I do hope you can come and take part in that helpful study and discussion. Our services this weekend once again are at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 10 a.m. and Bible Class at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 9 a.m. Join us if you can. Sanctuary Carpet is done. Praise the Lord for that. Last weekend, November 6th and 7th, was the last weekend to share your vote on the Pew Fabric. Watch for more information soon from the Sanctuary Improvement Committee. Thank you again for all the helpers who have moved pews, dusted, and cleaned into the Board of Property for their work as well. They are working on reinstalling the monastery rails up front as soon as possible. Also very excited that we have on our website now, under our About tab, a section on what we believe. There's an interactive link there, an interactive what we believe versus what lies are told by Satan in the world today. Check it out. Have a thorough reminder of what God teaches us through his word and why we base our faith on that word and that word alone. Uh, so I'll keep making more announcements about that, and I'm putting different highlights of that in the bulletin also. Under our prayer list, we want to continue to keep in our prayers Wilton Landon. He is still scheduled for upcoming surgery for his tuberculosis, but that remains to be on hold while we continue to pray for his COVID treatment. Uh, two very uh, deadly things to have together, and we pray the Lord would spare his life and bring him about with a recovery if it be his will. Also, we keep in our prayers little Addie Nauman. We hope that she can come home soon. It seems like it's getting closer and closer, but the doctors are trying to make sure that everything is good before they go home and on the right direction in recovery. Also, this last weekend, we prayed for Joanne Frank's 10-year-old granddaughter, Aaliyah. She has continued to have a miraculous recovery, and we're thankful for the Lord's answer to our prayers by helping her come out of that coma that she was in for over a month. We pray the Lord continue to bless her as each and every day she regains a little bit more strength. This brings us to our doctrine of the day. Uh, we started a series on Judgment Day last week, and really the question we're answering is, what will that day be like on Judgment Day, the last day? Again, if we know nothing about it, it's terrifying to think about God coming to judge the world. Last week we went through a couple different parts the Bible speaks about. Jesus will return again suddenly and descend from the heavens just as he ascended. Part two, we saw... All the dead will be raised up from their graves at the sound of his voice, both believers and unbelievers. But the Lord says now in part three, not all dogs go to heaven. Not all people will go to heaven. He says clearly in many verses from his word. All believers and all unbelievers will be judged before the Lord's throne after the resurrection. I believe this is all be on the same day, the last day. That's what the context is of these passages that we're looking at. Some divided to his left and some to his right. Daniel 12:2 says, Some will rise to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Same verse, pretty clear that some will go to heaven, some will go to hell. Isaiah 66, 23 says, All flesh will enter to bow down before my face, says the Lord. All flesh, all people who've lived, believers and unbelievers alike, will appear before the Lord's throne. Revelation 6, 9, and 10, the apostles saw the vision the Lord gave, Lord Jesus gave to him, a multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That reminds us of Philippians. It says, in Philippians 2, every knee will bow of those on the earth and those in heaven, those under the earth. Every knee will bow before the Lord's throne. 
John 5.29, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Well, first of all, Jesus says in John 5 very clearly that there is both a heaven and a hell. You could easily get caught up with those who have done good. Jesus clarifies for that in the very next chapter in John 6. What is the good work? Those who believe in my name will have eternal life. Jesus is talking about that in John 6, 28 and 29. So that's what he means by those who have done good. Those who have had faith in my work is what Jesus is talking about there. In Matthew 25, it says that Jesus will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them as a shepherd divides his sheep from his from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. And of course, Revelation 20, verse 11 says, All the dead were judged according to the things that were done and written in the book. So in other words, we will give an account, like Job uh, in some ways, we talked about our devotion, we will give an account of that day before the Lord. Uh, point four, if we talk about the Lord dividing his left and his right, all believers will be lifted. That's what the word rapture means, lifted up to meet Jesus in the air. Now, this is in the context of the last day. If you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, are what we've already made the first two points off. Uh, the, all the dead will be raised up. Jesus will return suddenly. This is talking about the last day. Verse 1 Thessalonians 4.17 talks about this rapture, one of the few verses that does. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. The Greek there is that raptured idea. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the believers who have died will be raised first, and then we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, who the angels said when Jesus ascended to the disciples, that Jesus would return in the same manner. So Jesus will descend, we'll meet the Lord in the air, and then we'll find out what happens after that next week. Luke 17 speaks about the same kind of rapture idea on the last day. In that night, remember Jesus has said earlier that the Lord is coming as a thief in the night when no one will be able to predict it. In that night, there will be two. Maybe two in bed, a couple in bed, a husband and wife in bed. Uh, one will be taken and the other left. Two will be grinding grain out. Two will be at work or two will be out in the fields. One will be taken and another left. The point is that day will come quickly. Those who believe will be taken to meet the Lord, and the others will be left. We'll find out next week what will happen to the earth and the unbelievers, what Jesus clearly tells us in his word, not man's word, God's word from the Holy Bible. Until next time, let's continue to rejoice that the Lord has promised that those who have believed in him, as we talked about in our worship service this past weekend, Jesus and Martha's conversation, he who believes in me, though he may die, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That idea of eternal death. We'll have eternal life through faith in the work of Christ, our Savior, and his conquering death for us and his resurrection three days later from his death. The question really is, like we talked about this last weekend, do you believe this? And so we continue to look to the Lord for strength of our faith for joy in knowing that he's coming, and for knowledge of knowing what that judgment day will be like. It's not something we have to be afraid of. He tells us exactly what we can expect on that last day. Last week we started the hymn, Day of Wrath, O Day of Mourning. Kind of a gloomy title, hymn 607 from the Red Hymnal, but we saw glimmers of hope, glimmers of truth, glimmers of gospel joy as we looked at how the Lord has shown us pity, our King has shown us free salvation and befriended us. 9 through 13 read, 
Think, good Jesus, my salvation, cause thy wondrous incarnation. Leave me not to reprobation. Right? The Lord is going to continue to pardon us from our sins and show us that forgiving love. Verse 10 says, Faint and weary thou hast sought me, on the cross of suffering bought me. Shall such grace be vainly brought me? I love that. Faint and weary thou hast sought me. We think of the good shepherd seeking out the lost, leaving the 99 to seek out that one. On the cross of suffering bought me. We talk about that redemption. He bought us back from our sins, paid the price for us against God's wrath, against punishment, suffered the punishment for us. Shall such grace, such undeserved love be vainly brought me? So are we looking at that in vain? Are we tossing that grace aside? 11. Righteous judge for sin's pollution. Grant thy gift of absolution ere that day of retribution. Absolution means to absolve. You know, when we forgive, we absolve that. We say we're letting it go. We're putting it behind us. That's what Jesus has done for us. Guilty, now I pour my moaning. That's where that title comes in of this hymn, O Day of Mourning. We moan because we are guilty. All my shame with anguish owning. Own it. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We need Christ. And so, spare, O God, thy suppliant groaning. So, spare me from my groaning, Lord. Take away my shame and sadness and give me joy, contentment and joy, knowing that you love me and forgiven. Verse 13, last verse for today. From that sinful woman shriven, from the dying thief forgiven, thou to me a hope hast given. What is it speaking about here? From the incarnation of Mary and the Holy Spirit to the dying on the cross and showing that forgiveness to that thief, that hope that today you will be with me in paradise. He has given us that hope and confidence through his word. And that is a hope that does not fade away. That is a hope that we can rejoice in each and every day as we wait for his coming. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information, please check us out at emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.